Dominic Simone signed a two-year contract yesterday, and I'm curious to see what the Penguins do with Simone moving forward. A Simone signed strong signed two-year deals, and the Penguins coaches love them some Dominic Simone. You talk about the glad at right wing. Simone's a right wing too. Rust, Hornquist, Kessel, Sprong, Simone. Yeah, he can play left wing, but he played right wing on Sid's line. I just don't see where Simone fits anywhere. He's not a burner. As we saw in the Capital Series, he can't finish. He's not a grinder. He can't drop to the fourth line. Doesn't kill penalties. But the Penguins nonetheless love them some Dominic Simone. And sometimes, as a coach, you get in your head, okay, this guy's going to play, and you got dominoes that fall from there. Simone could keep Sprong out the lineup. I know that because he already has. Sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Now, I've been told that Mark Recchi considers Simone a project, but I'm told more recently that Recchi considers a lot of young guys, including Simone and including Sprong, his projects. I'm also told that Sid wanted to play with Simone last year. And honestly, as good a hockey player as Sid is, he sometimes does a crap job picking his line mates. Look at Simone's numbers. He played 41 games, including eight playoff games. Scored four goals, including none in the postseason. 41 games, four goals, and he skated on Sidney Crosby's wing in a lot of those games. But that means Sid likes him and doesn't mind playing with him. I don't see it. I don't see what the coaches apparently see. I don't see what Sid apparently sees. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Haven't taken a call all day, which makes this show delightful, yes. Uh, Did you see that photo of Sid and Sharapova, Maria Sharapova? At Wimbledon yesterday, uh, Maria Sharapova gave Sid a guided tour of Wimbledon. Now, Sharapova has been uh, Sid's crush since he was a teenager. But the photo is great because Sharapova towers over Sid. I guess she's like, what, 6'1"? And she just towered over him. Like, if I didn't know that was Sharapova and Sid and there wasn't a, a tennis net in the background, I'd have said, boy, that woman is fixing to dunk all over that man. Kapow! Sid gets posterized by Maria Sharapova. Picture is great. I wonder what went on there. I mean, Sid has had a girlfriend for a number of years, but like I said, that's been a crush of his for a long time. 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. 
Interesting quote from Alex Ovechkin. Ovechkin said he can't break Wayne Gretzky's all-time NHL goals record of 894. Can't do it. He says hockey is different now. Ovi's right, but if anyone can, Ovi can. His goal scoring is such an anomaly in the current era, but he's right. I think 894 is too many. I think he might get 800, but won't get to 894. You know what's curious? When you realize that Gretzky had 894 goals, and when you consider, too, what a massive ego Gretzky has, isn't it surprising he didn't stick around to get six more goals to get to 900? Then again, you know how many goals Gretzky scored his last year in the league? Nine. Didn't even crap double figures. Uh, I'll look that up in a second. He still had a decent number of points, but he only had nine goals in that last season with the Rangers, which you may recall, the Rangers' season ended and Gretzky's career ended with Yarmer Yager scoring an overtime to beat the Rangers on behalf of the Penguins. Okay, I got the Gretzky stats. Gretzky's last year, listen to this. 70 games, 9 goals and 53 assists, 62 points, and he was minus 23. That was the first time ever Gretzky was below a point per game in his NHL career. So, yeah, I think he picked the right time to hang him up. You know, they gave him a trophy, though. He got the Lady Bing. Sportsmanlike. Miss Congeniality. Way to go, Wayne. Gretzky won a number of years uh, not making the playoffs, too. Uh, didn't play in the playoffs his last two seasons. You know what? Even the year before that, he got 90 points in 82 games. The year before that, 97. You know, he did all right up until that last year. and He did pick... The right time to retire, no question. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, the Pirates won a baseball game. That's big news. They won at New York last night. They play at New York again tonight. That win snaps a five-game losing streak for the Pirates. Bell and Polanco hit home runs. Tyone pitched pretty well. But the big thing is Sean Rodriguez did not play. If you want to win, do not play Sean Rodriguez. And that is all the people need to know. But despite the Bucco win, and like I said, uh, Jamison Tyon pitched pretty good, Glasnow got lit up in relief. What the heck happened to that guy? Him and Tyon were supposed to be the one-two punch moving forward. Tyon's okay. Glasnow sucks. Then again, one thing I would hope we would learn from having observed the Pirates in the nutting era is don't believe the hype. Don't ever believe the hype. I want to get back to what David Carr said, the former NFL quarterback. He said on the NFL Network that Ben Roethlisberger is not a top 10 quarterback. He said Jimmy Garoppolo is number 10, which means he thinks Jimmy Garoppolo after starting a, a handful of NFL games in San Francisco, he thinks a guy with no resume is better than Ben. 
Okay. I mean, David Carr stunk, so his perspective may be tinged by that. But uh, Dulac was on before for the Post-Gazette. We were talking about where Ben does rank. And my immediate reaction was, when I heard what David Carr said, is that Ben's still top 10. And then I said, maybe top five. And then Dulac comes on and he says, okay, Brady's better, Rodgers is better, but who else? And you know what? He's right. Who else? You can make a strong argument for Ben being number three, which means he's a lock for five, which means you're an idiot if you say he's not top ten. But David Carr, you know, got drafted first overall, started for five years, stunk those five years, and then his career sank like a stone. He got what I would think is a real embarrassing Super Bowl ring. He played on the Giants in 11. Didn't play a snap the entire season, but was on the team, so he got the ring. Don't get me wrong, I too would take that ring. I'll probably just sell it after not too long. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Yeah, here it is right here. David Carr didn't play a snap in 2011 with the Giants, but got a Super Bowl ring. And I know it's kind of a cheap shot to make fun of David Carr's resume by way of denigrating his opinion because, really, his resume has nothing to do with his opinion. But I think his opinion sucks, and it just so happens his resume does as well. 412-333-9939. Okay, I am finally ready for calls. Paul Rogers was ready for love. I am ready for calls. Ooh, baby, I'm a ready for calls. Ready for calls. Ooh, baby, I'm a ready for calls. Uh, Hockey Hall of Fame today. You know, I have no complaints with anybody who makes the Hall of Fame because it's just stupid. I mean, Martin St. Louis made it. He's another guy in the Hall of Pretty Good. That's what the Hall of Fame is now. Marty Bredour, the guys who made it, well, Willie O'Ree because of being a groundbreaker is the first black player, and it took him far too long to get in. I got no problem with him, but uh, Martin Bredour is the only guy that's just a nailed-on, had-to-make-it guy. And Gary Bettman, you can make arguments why Gary Bettman shouldn't make it, but he was a big part of helping to keep the Penguins in Pittsburgh. So if you're a Penguin fan and you hate him, you should not. 412-333-9930. Oh, interesting column. I'll get more into this later. Somebody posted a column in one of the New York papers that if Tavares spurns, you know, big money to stay in New York with the Islanders, that could change the loyalty dynamic in the NHL. The players could see what he did and, and stay put out of loyalty. I don't believe he's going to stay put. I don't think he's meeting with six teams today just to hear them talk. I think if he knew he was going to stay, he would have already decided to stay and signed up to stay. But he's meeting with six teams today, and that would be fun. I'd like to sit in a room and just have people come in and just, just you know, lay prone at my feet. Like, you know what I'd say? I'd say I'd say to like San Jose to Doug Wilson and DeBear, the coach. I'd say, look, all the money's going to be about the same. So what I need to know is, are you two willing to make yourselves into human furniture right now? Could you form a chair that I can sit in? 
If so, you got a chance, but if not, well, well, put it this way, the Leafs were just here. That kid GM they got, he had no trouble being human furniture. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, I wanted to ask why my cat talks in her sleep. Cats are weird. One time my cat didn't eat for three weeks. I didn't feed her. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. We got Stan Saver and the Godfather at the bottom of the hour. Certainly a lot to talk about today. Brian Ross got a four-year deal from the Penguins worth 3.5 mil per year. That exacerbates the glut at right wing. Makes it that much less likely he'll be traded, although that's not impossible. You got Rust, Sprong, Hornquist, Kessel. Simone played right wing on Sid's line. I mean... Who stays? Who goes? Who sits? Early days yet, a lot will be ironed out between now and the start of camp. And if not by then, then at some point during the regular season. Remember, Jim Rutherford doesn't feel obligated to make the trades on anybody's timetable but his. And you got to have faith in that guy. As I mentioned yesterday, I have more trust in Rutherford uh, getting the team ship-shaped than any general manager we've had since Craig Patrick was in his prime, and maybe even uh, more so than Craig then. We're also talking about David Carr saying Ben Roethlisberger is not a top 10 quarterback in the league anymore. That was on the NFL Network. And about Lev Bell saying he and the Steelers are closer to a deal now than they were at this time last year, which I don't believe for a second unless Bell is going to totally cave in to get a long-term contract. Jerry Dulek with a good point. He said Bell shouldn't have mentioned figures out loud. Because once he did, then when he signs, there's a winner and a loser. And nobody wants to lose. Least of all, Bell. I mean, the Steelers at least have a precedent that they just don't pay guys above what they think they're worth. They set a dollar value and they stick to that until the guy signs or goes. Whereas Bell said he wanted 15 mil at one point, then at a later point he said he wanted more than that. So if anybody's going to take a beating in the ego department to get a long-term deal done, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Maybe he will. Maybe he will collapse. He'd have to swallow his pride, but that's what it's going to take to stay in Pittsburgh beyond this year. That is absolutely what it's going to take. Let's go to Danny in the car. Danny, you're on with Double M. Danny, you're on the air. What up, man? What up? Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm calling about the David Carr comment, and I'll start by saying I'm, I'm definitely a fan of Ben for no other reason than his numbers don't lie, man. This guy's got 51,000 yards, 94 all-time passer rating, you know, six-time Pro Bowler with a couple of Super Bowl well, rings. And more relevant, Danny, his numbers this past year are outstanding as well. Yeah, absolutely. But here's my question to you, Mark. David Carr is not the only, you know, media guy, analyst, ex-big player, not big player, but ex-player that's uh, not given Ben the the credit I think he deserves. What is it about Ben that these guys never seem to put him in that top five? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine anybody would think that any quarterback besides Brady and Rodgers is better than Ben at this point. You look at the guys who are around Ben. 
statistically. I'm looking right now at the NFL passing leaders from last year. Does anybody believe Ben's worse than Phillip Rivers? I hope not. Does anybody believe Ben is worse than Matthew Stafford? I hope not. Okay, Drew Brees, maybe there's a debate, but I think Ben wins that debate. Then you got Alex Smith, Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousin, Jared Goff. I mean, come on. Come on. It's an all-time low level for quarterbacking in the NFL, but that works into Ben's favor. By the way, Derek Carr, uh, uh, I forget the other car's name now. David? I think I think I am going senile. I really do. I think I'm I'm getting dementia. I'm forgetting so much lately. Oh well. Soon I'll forget I'm suffering from it and then it won't bother me at all. David Carr, right. His brother sucks. Yeah, look, I have been in top three and again, his numbers don't lie. Um, the guy's a winner flat out. He's a great human being. He does so much for so Well many right, but the winning and the great human being stuff, which which, you know, I admire. But that's nothing to do with this. The numbers and performance are what's important, and they back Ben up. Let's go to Mark and Wilkes-Barre. Mark, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, what is everybody's hang-up with Commissioner Batman? I was listening on NHL radio over the weekend of the draft, and they just booed the ever-living hell out of it. I think they do it because they're just used to doing it. It's fashionable, but... I don't know why anybody in Pittsburgh would like Gary Bettman. I mean, the headshot stuff is a joke. The fighting stuff is a joke. The league probably should be more popular than it is, but I don't know that that's Bettman's fault. Uh, but but he's done right by Pittsburgh, and that's really all that matters to me. Where I'm disappointed in Gary Bettman is, I can't believe he hired George Paros as the dean of discipline, George Paros being a former goon, a worthless hulk of a hockey player. And I can't believe he continues to allow Colin Campbell, who's just this old dinosaur who thinks a prehistoric version of hockey and a violent version of hockey is what we need. I can't believe Gary allows him to still be associated with the league. But you know what? Those old-time Canadian types, they revere Colin Campbell. And, and like I've always said, the league's run by Canada, and Gary's just their American frontman. Hey, nice work if you can get it. Up next, Dan Stavron, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You're talking to the super genius. Yo, double up. Yo, drunk up Willie. Mark Madden is Pittsburgh sports. The X at 105.9. Lots of stuff going on in Pittsburgh sports. It's time now to talk with the godfather of the genre from ESPN Radio Pittsburgh and AT&T Sportsnet on TV. It's Stan Saverin. Uh Stan, uh, David Carr the former quarterback, said on the NFL Network that Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a top-10 quarterback. Now, that seems absurd, but where do you weigh in? Well, yeah, brings back the classic mind. Takes one to know one. He ain't one, so he wouldn't know one if he saw one. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's not even, you know, bare discussion. I, I have no idea who's on his list, just who wasn't on it. I mean, I think that's absurd. Uh, even if you if you just look at the numbers, Mark, um, forget about where the team ended up. Disappointingly, if we just look at the the, the numbers. Um, if that's what you want to go by, as some of these people do, um, that tells you right there he's one of the most productive quarterbacks. 
put all the wins and losses, who they play for, who his receivers are, who his running back is. You just look at Ben's numbers, and this isn't a matter of provincial defense. Just the numbers alone tell you that that just is a false statement. Staying with the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell says he and the Steelers are making progress on a long-term deal. Assuming that's true, which I don't necessarily, would that be a good move or a bad move? Well, first of all, everybody, as of this minute, start holding your breath uh, because that's what you're looking at. Um, talk is cheap. His demands are not. Um, I've changed on this. A year ago, before they actually put the initial franchise tag, I was for signing him. Uh, I really was. Um, now, given that there may have been a slight drop-off, not in numbers necessarily, but just the eye test, maybe not the same burst. Maybe that's just a one-year thing. I don't know. But it's certainly not going to get a whole lot better. Um, the only thing that mitigates me saying consider signing him is Ben saying I'm going to stay around for a while. If Ben was going to you know, up in the air about playing more than 2018, I'd say run his wheels off and then let him go. But the fact that Ben says he's going to be around for two or three gives me pause, but I will say this. I have moved closer to the other camp of just run the hell out of him. He's a great player. Get what you can in 2018. Let's be honest about it. For them, it's Super Bowl or bust. Barring catastrophic injury, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a disappointment. They need him to do that, um, and maybe the way to go, see what happens this year, and then part company. Well, I would part company with him at the end of 2018, no matter what, Stan. He's going to be 27. He's had one heck of a workload, and that dates all the way back to Michigan State. Uh, he's going to be almost past the prime of a running back. I just look for somebody else. Well, I mean, I understand that. Again, I'm not there yet, but I'm closer to it than I was a year ago at this time uh, because I thought I had at least two years remaining. Now I've got maybe maximum without signing him of one year remaining, and that's what changes my attitude. Stan, uh, Brian Russ signed a four-year deal worth uh, $3.5 million a year today. Uh, that, that makes the glut at right wing official between him, Sprong, Hornquist, Kessel, Simone played right wing on Sid's line. Uh, what are they going to do with that position? I don't think they signed Russ to trade him, do you? No, they absolutely did not. Um, I think they're, uh, he does have some versatility uh, to play on the other side. He just isn't very good over there. He, well, he's not as good, let's put it that way. Um, but I also think that his versatility goes beyond that. It's his ability to play on lines one through four at any time during the season. I mean, he's one of the, the only guy I mean, who can play on lines one through four. Um, I think that there are probably more moves to come. I think it's a good move. I think he's, he's a terrific hockey player. He can do a lot of things for you. Uh, he keeps that speed component in their game. Uh, the, the one thing I wondered about, and I, I, I admit I, it's not a matter of uh, right or wrong, it's I don't know understand why did they not give a qualifying offer to Riley Shane? The only thing I can think of is that they need to clear up cap space before they can agree to any contract with him. Um, it is a risk if things don't work out and he becomes an unrestricted free agent um, as of Sunday. Uh, you know, you risk losing him. Or if he goes to arbitration uh, and he doesn't accept the qualifying offer and he gets an offer from the arbitrator in late July or August and that puts them over the cap, then they have to scramble around to make another move. I just thought if they knew what the parameters were going to be for the Russ deal and then 12 hours later signed it but did give Russ a qualifying offer, why didn't they do the same with Shane? 
Uh, Simone and Sprong each signed a two-year deal. Let's stick with Simone. The coaches really like him, Stan. Can you tell me why? Because I honestly do not see a lot there. Uh, I think as a fourth-line guy, uh, maybe they value his speed. Uh, it's obvious that they have no plans for Kuhnhockel at this point, uh, so maybe they value Simone's speed. I think he played out of his element. I think he was uh, out of his depth uh, last year. Well, Stan, Stan, forgive the interruption. That's my point. I don't see an element. I don't think he's fast enough or skilled enough to play top six. I don't think he grinds well enough or kills penalties well enough to play bottom six. Well, I think that they look at him as a fourth-line guy, depending on who they bring in. The one thing that I was surprised at, correct me if I'm wrong, they were one-way contracts. I see. I would see if they signed him to a two-way contract and say, here's a depth guy, you know, we can send him down. Although, really, even on the one-way contract, what's he going to make, 700000 I mean, it's not a big financial hit to them. It's maybe a guy they wanted in their organization. They seem to like him. We're talking to Stan Saverin. He is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. And he's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Stan, should the Penguins sign Jack Johnson? What are the pros and cons there? Well, the pros, um, aside from being Sid's friend, uh, um, you know, he... Stan, you're not helping his case. I know. I know. He's Hey, listen, Sid's always been a hero of mine, but if you saw the picture yesterday, Sid was hanging out with Maria Sharapova at Wimbledon yesterday. Um, to me, that's the ultimate. So Sid can do no wrong. Whether he wants to bring Kunitz back, he bring back Pascal Dupuis if he wants, and 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 Colby and 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 Talbot if he wants. After hanging out with Maria Sharapova at Wimbledon, one of my favorite sports. Uh, I mean, Jack Johnson's got pedigree. He's coming off a terrible year, but you don't know how much of that was Tortorella. Look, Tortorella has had people in the doghouse. Uh, by the way, if, Tor- if Tortorella is still the coach in Columbus at Christmas, uh, I'll buy you dinner. Uh, he, I, he's, I think his shelf life is approaching as it always does with him. Be that as it may, um, that could have been Tortorella. We all know about his financial issues with his family. Uh, if his mind's not right, his hockey game probably isn't right. The only problem with him is, is he worth the investment? Uh, would he come here for less money, and if so, how much would that be? How much is really out there for him? I mean, he really, I don't think, has ever quite hit the pedigree that he was supposed uh, to have. No, Stan, he is not. I wouldn't pay him more than $3 million a year. In fact, I'd hesitate to pay him that. Well, my only thought is is that um, you play him on the left side, you could move Alexiak to the right side, which he prefers anywhere, uh, anyway, excuse me, uh, and he would certainly be an upgrade, it seems to me, price aside, over Ruedel or Hunwick, although I don't know that I expect to see Hunwick around here either. Uh, so, I mean, it would be an upgrade, but I agree. If, if you we're in the $5 million range, I don't know what the mark will be for him, <clears throat> then I'd have to pass. Should the Penguins sign Chris Kunitz? What are the pros and cons there? Well, the pro is you know what you're going to get from Kunitz. Um, given his age, and you know he's the kind of guy he's not going to complain about playing bottom six. And in this case, it would be bottom. You know, bottom. He'd be the fourth line guy. Not, unless there's an injury, he's not going to play. And I think he would accept that. Um, you but know, Stan, you're th- ignoring the Wooby factor. Yeah, he Sid's Wooby. When Sid has a bad game or bad shift, Kunitz on his wing makes him comfortable, and that's Jake Gensel's job. And yeah. I don't want even a chance that that can be messed with. Well, then that goes to the head coach, who's got to put a foot down, um, if, if need be. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there could be value with him, 
But the negative of all that, it seems to me, because I mean, obviously you're not going to bring them back here unless it's at an affordable price. But here's what I think is sometimes lost and who we look at and who ought to be on the team. And, yes, there's a Stanley Cup talking about, uh, you know, what their objective is. It's Stanley Cup or bust with, with this group, and they're a top-five contender. I also think, uh, not that I know anything about gardening, but a guy once told me sometimes you have to cut off healthy flowers to make the new ones grow better behind them. Uh, one of the things that the Penguins have had great success at is bringing in younger blood. And I think everybody would understand and agree that this has been a very valuable component of how well they've played over the last three seasons. You know, initially it was Rust, and then it was Sherry, and then it was Gensel and, you know, Murray and bringing the young guys in. And I think that if you bring in a guy like Kunitz, even on a one-year deal, you're kind of defeating your purpose. I mean, to me, they're putting an awful lot of faith in Zach Aston Reese and in Daniel Sprong, I mean, they've already said these guys are going to be main guys. Uh, if you bring in a guy like Kunitz, maybe you're keeping a younger guy out. Maybe maybe you're costing a Zach Gaston Reese. Maybe you're costing, uh, excuse me, maybe you're, you're costing a Teddy Bluger, somebody like that. And I think that they want to continue that younger pipeline to continue to pump in fresh, you know, fresh blood and fresh energy, and not to Kunis doesn't bring energy, different kind of energy. I think if you start doing that, if you start cherry-picking that, you, you may sort of disrupt the pipeline. That's the negative of it. Stan, uh, would you trade for Jeff Skinner? What are the pros and cons there? And and I think that's a, a long shot given his cap hit, but, but uh, he's a good player. He is a good player. Uh, he's a one-dimensional player. Um, and he's small. You've already got that on one left wing, although Gensel will stick his nose in there. Jeff Skinner will not. Uh, but that's not the kind of player that he is. You've also got, you know, one, maybe two of those guys on the right side. Um, I don't think they, they talk about balance over the four lines, and I get all that. I, I just don't think that that's something that they necessarily need. It always depends on the price. It depends on the cost. What would it take to get them? All those sorts of things. Uh, I just don't I think it's a luxury. I mean, I don't think it's a necessity. Stan, Jim Rutherford, uh, the general manager, he says Latang needs to play less. That less would equal more for Latang. That's easy to say, but is it tough to pull the trigger? Is Sullivan going to feel the Penguins have the quality and depth on defense to play Latang less? Well, I think a lot of that is going to depend. And, and by the way, if we're talking about you know cutting back his minutes, that's not necessarily in the last minute and a half of a one-goal hockey game. We're talking about midway through the second period and giving the third pair uh, not as much time, but more than four, you know, more than thirteen, fourteen a game, getting them up to sixteen, seventeen. So he's back down twenty-three, twenty-four instead of twenty-six, twenty-seven. That's what we're talking about here. Um, I think it depends a lot on who that third pairing is. I mean, let's say let's say it was Jack Johnson and Alexiak. I don't think Sullivan would have any qualms about playing those guys. If it's Hunwick or or Ruedo, maybe he's got a different mindset uh, about that. Uh, you know, that may well depend um, on on who that you know fifth, sixth defense, whatever term you want to give him. And the other factor is, look, Latang is coming off. A bad year. It's not because of fatigue, because he hadn't played really half the year before. But I also think, despite the fact he's a magnificent skater, he might be in the best physical condition of anybody on the team. He's still 31, and he's played a lot of minutes and he's played a lot of games. He's had significant injuries. This this is only smart hockey to me. 
Stan, great stuff. I'll see you Thursday on your program. All right, Mark. Thanks very much. That's Stan Saverin brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich. Shenderovich and Fishman, the three wise men. Why pay 40% when they charge only 25? I'm Mark Madden. We'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, the intensity and the talent. Hey, what's up, Mark? Big fan. Adults don't want kids to be funny. I'm immature, so I don't count. The X at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, what's your reaction to David Carr saying Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Well, you just got to kind of laugh at it. It's kind of ridiculous. You know, I have him firmly in the top five, uh, not being top 10. And having his brother Derek Carr at number four, that's probably a bigger laugher. Um, And he puts him at four. Because he says he really thinks he's going to work with Gruden and that now they've got Martavis Bryant out there. So watch out. That puts you at four. Did he put his brother at four? He put his brother at four. Now, Derek Carr had a pretty good season year before last. Right, well, but whenever, nothing Whenever it was, year. he wasn't hurt. But, uh, but yeah, well, that's that makes the whole thing. I was not aware. That makes the whole thing even more absurd. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at number 10 after he won five starts. Exactly. I mean, come on. That's not to say Garoppolo doesn't have potential, but you're not ranking potential. You're ranking who the best is right now. And a lot of those names that are clustered around Ben in the passing stats, like who would say Matt Stafford is better than, than Ben Roethlisberger or Alex Smith right. or uh, Kirk Cousins? They're just they're, It's not even close. Well, coming off the year that Ben had last year also, I mean, the numbers that you went over with both Jerry Dulac and with Stan Saverin firmly put him in top 10, and like I said, I have them top five, no problem. Brady, number one, no problem there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, number two, no problem there. At number three, you got Drew Brees, and you can have that argument between Drew Brees and Ben uh, coming out the years that they had last year. But, Mark, another 4,000-yard passing season from Ben. And, look, he may say that Ben's just great because he's got A.B. and he's got Bell in the backfield, somebody's got to put the ball in their area. Yeah, and plenty <laughs> of quarterbacks have weaponry and don't do as much with them as Ben has. Exactly. Um, what's your take on Lev Bell saying he and the Steelers are closer to a long-term contract? I would bet that if the Steelers you know, are still negotiating, it's by way of politeness. I bet they have no intention of signing Bell long-term. I think that ship has sailed and sank. I think they've played it exactly right, Bob, as I... Keep saying. I think, uh, uh, you know, one more year at the franchise, then forget them. Franchise them and forget them. F them and F them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I'm with you, and I know Jerry had the same thing. Stan, a little bit not so sure on whether, you know, how much you use him in the next upcoming years because of the window that the Steelers have. But, boy, let's go back seven, eight weeks, maybe nine weeks, whatever. We have no idea what Lev Bell is going to say tomorrow because – he is in this routine now of saying something great, like, yeah, everything's buddy-buddy with the Steelers. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to Because he's stoned, there. Bob. <laughs> I can't argue that He's point. in a studio with Wiz Khalifa, Bob. I don't think it's that reason. Um, but Oh, I know might, it's that reason. <laughs> it might be part of it. Um, but again, he might come out tomorrow and say something like, you know what, they didn't respond to my NFL Network appearance you know, the way I wanted to. Well, so I, I think Lev Bell lied when he said they're closer in negotiations. I think that was a total fabrication, fake news, as they say. Yeah, I think he wants it to come true, to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I don't think, what, what figure was it Jerry said, Bob? I don't think the Steelers are going to give Lev Bell any more than $12 million a year. Yeah, he said between 12 and 13. Under and with, any circumstance. Right, because that's going on the Bell deal Bell could levitate have. above the defense. He 
wouldn't get more than twelve million. Well, it's funny the way what you were just saying a minute ago. Maybe this is Lev Bell trying to you know take the narrative over and say that things are good and boy we are on the same page and we are going to get it done. But not if he's not going to come down from 14-5. The numbers just don't bear that out in any form or fashion. The Steelers' history certainly doesn't bear that out, that they're just going to go willy-nilly and throw this out there. It just doesn't work that way. And as nice as Lev Bell thinks he can be to try and get it to work, the numbers just don't match up. And again, by the end of the week, he may have a disparaging comment to say, you know, he's not going to be there anymore. Uh, Brian Ruscott, uh Four years, $3.5 million per year. I don't think they gave him that money to trade him. And I like that they're keeping him, Bob, because he's he's the pace setter. Like I said, if you're a fast team, you need a few fastest players. And those are Rust and Carl Hagelin. Absolutely. And that's what the Penguins' identity wants to continue to be. He is a huge cog in that wheel. Um, you know, the other thing is that he's like the Swiss Army knife. And I, I know you don't like him on the other side that much, but at least he can do it. Well, at now, least- Bob, to, to interrupt, they... If they play him on the left wing, it's a bad signing. Emergency basis, though. I'm just if, saying If he's emergency. not a top-nine right wing, it's a bad signing. Even for emergency? I mean, at some point, maybe in the season, you're going to have to move him to that other side, or you're going to have to move him up and down. Oh, so, no, you'll definitely have to move him up and down, but I, I think right now, through signing that contract, he's the third-line right wing. And, and it would not shock me if they traded Sprong now. Okay. Because, again, so many right wings on There's this no place team. to put Sprong. Right. I mean, they, Except... they, they appear to have backed off trading Kessel, so I think they're going to either trade Sprong or send to the minors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else could they do with him? And with Jim you know, Rutherford saying they could that... could shoot him, but that's illegal. Well, no, I don't think that Jim Rutherford talked about that. Um, but he did say he's going to be a big part of the team this year. Um, you can take that any way you want, where there's an opportunity for him to be a big part of the team this year. Um, or Bobby's screwed. <laughs> In somehow form or fashion. Once it they looks like once it. they backed off trading Phil and they sign rusted this deal, Sprong is screwed. I, I hope see not. no other way around. I mean, what are they gonna do with Simone? Well, if like you were talking about earlier in the show, how the coaches like him for certain reasons and what are those reasons, Bob? I don't I'm I don't know any of those <laughs> reasons. I can't spot any reasons. I'm not one of the coaches either. Maybe as you and Stan talked about, they keep him on the fourth line, they have him do one specific thing. Well, what one thing is that? Uh, buzzsaw. Get out there and be a buzzsaw. Not fast enough to be a buzzsaw. Not physical it's, enough to be a buzzsaw. Yeah, like I said, I'm not in those coaches' meetings. I don't know exactly what they want him to be, but you can't have him top nine. Oh, really? He was top nine in the playoffs. I understand that, but you've already you just went he through the other Sid's way. He was on line in the playoffs. See, here's my but worry. now that you've got rust, you've here's already my, got Here's your- my worry. Here's how lineups get fudged up. If they just decide, okay, Sprong goes here and then other dominoes fall, that ain't good. Is that where would they start, though? Or would they start with Rust goes here and then other dominoes fall? I don't know. And furthermore, I'm told Sid likes playing with with uh, Simone. And we know he doesn't like playing with Hornquist, right? Well, Sid shouldn't pick his line mates. If he'd rather play with Simone than Hornquist... They, they should put duct tape over his mouth when it comes time to discuss line combinations. And while you're talking about who he likes to play with, that brings us back to Kunitz. I wouldn't sign him for that reason. For just that reason, you don't want him... If, if, if an oath was... You don't want yes, him in the toolbox yes, at all. Yes, yes, for that reason. If, if an oath would be sworn by the coach and Sid <laughs> that, that, that Kunitz would never play above fourth line, I'd say, okay, yeah, because they do miss that grit. Bargain basement, like great deal for him to come back here and play for like not if he plays minimum. on Sid's line. No, 
Jay Gensel is the left wing on Sid's line. You know what people are going to say? Oh, well, put Kunitz at left wing because Gensel can play right. Yes, he can. <laughs> then you have nine right wings or ten or however many friggin' right wings. Gensel gets hurt. Emergency basis. You've got Kunitz on your fourth line. No. <laughs> There's your coaches meeting all summer. How can you just say no, Archie? <laughs> like this, Edith. No. That's Bob McLaughlin in 30 seconds. I don't think teams need a coach. Hear me out on this one. 105.9 The X.